it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are lacing them up for a big Friday episode of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who has never flown over to Saudi Arabia hat in hand. But we can confirm that Joe Biden has just landed, is getting ready to meet the crown pinch Mohammed bin Salman, and he's going to beg him to pump some oil and get our economy back under control. Biden sucks. A lot of people feel that way. I root for the president. You know, politics is supposed to end at the water's edge. If you got a guy on the road, you're supposed to help him out. I got to be honest, man. I'm trying to be the change I want to see in the world. Everybody hates each other politically these days. But if ever there was a president who needed help and support while he was out on the road, it's a guy who can't even stay upright on a bicycle. Come on, man. I mean, let's just be honest. So Biden is over there trying to get the oil thing going, trying to boost our economy because as he famously says it all comes down to jobs a three-letter word jobs j-o-b-s jobs 888-788-9910 is the phone number if you can count the number of letters in the word jobs also the phone number if you cannot count the number of letters in the word jobs the show has one rule every dang day you could be a republican you could be a democrat just don't be a that is all. Happy Friday, everybody. Busy day. Dr. Ronnie Jackson is going to be joining us in this hour to uh, deal us in on an email he got from Barack Obama. Now, if you remember, Dr. Ronnie Jackson was a former White House physician. He treated Barack Obama, treated George W. Bush. He treated Donald Trump. And uh, apparently when Ronnie went on TV, Representative Ronnie Jackson, a great state of Texas, when he went on TV and said that Biden, you know, the engine was running, but there was nobody behind the wheel. Barack Obama sent him an email. Don't be thick, all right? And that's essentially what he said to him. He said it was a cheap shot. It was beneath the position. He hopes he'll think better, you know, think better of Biden and do this with a little more dignity, which, fine, that's Obama shielding for his guy. But nothing Obama writes in that email does anything to change stuff like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know the you know the thing. Yeah, sure. You can threaten Ronnie Jackson all you want, but you know the one thing I'll come back to is the old adage from my son Lincoln Fela. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. We say this all the time. Joe Biden is the only person you know who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done. You know, he's done. It's he's just ah, nah, forget it. You know, this guy is sending in the punt team, on second down. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. uh, We have a president that is clearly not all there. And that's an issue. So Obama can yell and scream, but we're going to get into it with Ronnie Jackson. It's going to be a big, crazy day on today. But, you know, bottom line, 
I'm a little discombobulated. I hosted Kennedy last night. If you watched it, thank you. We post clips on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I was also today on Fox and Friends First at 5 a.m. this morning. So I'm your radio buddy's nuts. I'm going to be on Tucker tonight facing off against Dagan McDowell. Tonight's the night final exam will air. They're running promos for it all over the Fox News channel. It's quite an honor, actually. Uh, and I'm really fired up. I'm in a great mood. But the Biden thing, man. Again, I don't come on the air every day and do the, hey, let's get mad radio show. I don't want you to be mad, okay? And I don't want you to hate people who oppose what you do and believe politically. Do I think they're misguided? Absolutely. But if you're listening to the show because you're just scrolling through the dial and you're like, huh, this is this, I'm going to stick with this. It just sounds interesting. This guy can't actually be a radio host. It sounds like he must have tied up the real one and this guy's ranting like a lunatic into the micro. I'm going to check this out. I'm sure at some point security is going to swing open the door and tase him and drag him out. Turn it up, honey. This is going to be fun. Okay, but the point I'm trying to make is if you are a new listener or maybe you're down on WDBO in Orlando and you're listening intentionally because we just joined your incredible station. Keith Memoli, by the way, this is your second radio shout out this week. We're working on a stand up date down in Orlando. We've got to make that happen. But the big negotiation right now, okay, is the Biden Mohammed bin Salman negotiation, the crown prince. And the point I'm making to everybody is you might not agree with I'm about what I'm about to say. Okay, doesn't make you my enemy. I don't hate you. Okay, we live in the same country as it goes. We go. We have to get back to this emotional place where we're capable of putting country ahead of party. Okay, because shilling for party and defending the indefensible isn't doing the country any good. Correct the mundo. So as we get to this big meeting today, understand Biden is a he's a really bad spot right now. Okay, he's polling it. 30% across the board. Okay, I don't I don't even know what the latest poll is. To be honest with you, the only poll I've looked at this week had a woman on it upside down with no clothes on. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But stick with me, Jenny. Jenny, you stick with me, too. Where are you going, Jenny? I'm kidding. But Biden's at about 30% in the polls, for real, if we could be serious for a second here. And he's having moments that are forcing the media to turn on him. You heard CNN talking about his cognitive abilities earlier in the week. You heard the New York Times writing an op-ed saying this guy's a mess. And then yesterday, at the end of a speech, he turned and shook hands with somebody who wasn't even there, meaning he offered a handshake to an invisible man. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But I want you to understand how stupid things have gotten politically. In this country, you need to know this. So yesterday, if you saw the video online, Biden wraps up the speech. He turns and offers a handshake. Whoever his handler happens to be pushes him off the stage, walks him to where he's got to go, at which point Biden stands in front of the seat that he'll eventually take. Okay, but stick with me. The people defending Biden keep pointing out that when he extended the handshake to no one, He changed the gesture to a point, meaning he went from shaking hands with no one to pointing his finger as if he was pointing instead of shaking hands. Guys, the debate here is not whether or not it was a handshake or a point, okay? Pointing out that, oh, he wasn't shaking hands with an invisible man. He was pointing at an invisible man. That's not the issue here. The issue here is that the man is invisible. Doesn't matter if he gives him a hug, if he gives him a fist bump, if he sniffs his hair and goes old school the way he used to sniff ladies' hair before they put the shock collar on him. 
It doesn't matter, okay? What matters is not the gesture. What matters is that there's no one on the other end of the gesture. He knows what he's talking about. And understand, when you've got this going on on the world stage, it's a really big problem. It's a big problem. Because our uh, you know, foreign leaders, our enemies, people who want to break America, they don't take their cues from MSNBC or CNN. CNN is the worst. Yes, CNN did say, oh, well, you know, guy's starting to look a little old, you know, a little long in the tooth and not looking the best. But they do go back to shilling for him 99% of the time. And they have spent the past two and a half, three years shilling for this guy. And I say that because Biden is exhibiting behavior this week that he's been exhibiting for the past three years. That's true. That is true. Okay, remember, a lot of the sound clips I play you here where he says something that's not even English, it's not from this week. It's from three years ago. But the media just wouldn't cover it then. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Yo, that's a two-year-old clip. Are you ready for this? This is older than two years. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone... You understand that. That's that's not new. Okay, we were listening to this two years ago and laughing about it on the show. What a guy was threatening to fight breakfast cereals. Corn pop was a bad dude. But the point is, okay, the media is now jumping in to some extent because they want to distance themselves from the thing they created. The problem is the media can pull that off, but we as a country cannot. So we have this guy going into a meeting with one of the biggest human rights abusers in the world, begging him to pump oil, which, oh, by the way, is really counterproductive to our interest here at home. And he's doing it in a state of cognitive decline that leaves him completely. He should not be president of the PTA right now. should be president of a fantasy football league right now. And he's going out there and he's sitting down with MBS. And I got to be honest with you, it needs to be called out. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. But the point I'm trying to make is, no, it's not like we're going to yank him out of office. We can't invoke the 25th Amendment. I mean, the, the one firewall Biden has to his name is that if he goes to the nuthouse tomorrow, we get a president by the name of Kamala Harris. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 But the bigger point I'm trying to make, okay, is in our politics. We can't do this again, okay? We're screwed. We're not getting rid of Biden. And, and putting Kamala in there doesn't make life any better. We are, in the short term, just riding this out. Yes, the midterms are going to come. The Democrats are going to lose everything. But the two parties aren't going to work together. We're not going to actually make progress. When the midterms come and go and the Democrats lose, they're going to go back to saying the election was stolen, it was rigged, just like they did in 2016. And that's true. All the Democrats right now who want, you know, Donald Trump, you know, tried for treason and thrown into the Hague because he said the 2020 election was stolen, every single one of them, said 2016 was stolen. Not only did they say 2016 was stolen, but they said the midterms were stolen and that the machines were so easily hackable that they could hack them themselves for fun, which begs the question, why didn't they? I think he's got a point. If they were that easily hackable, do you remember this clip? I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that 
you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right? That's Which Kamala. are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact check. That's your sitting vice president telling you the 2016 election and the 2018 midterms were hacked. And she was able to hack them with her staff as a demonstration. Do you understand? Like, weigh the gravity of that. As we're watching January 6th, as we're watching them say Donald Trump should be in jail for saying an election was stolen with no proof, that's your vice president saying not only was it hacked, we could hack it ourselves. That's how easily hackable it was. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Okay. And it's a double standard. And that double standard is accepted by Democrats just the way there are Republicans that are fine with Trump saying the election was stolen because Democrats said it was stolen. You know, the whole two wrongs don't make a right thing. The point I'm trying to make here is our politics have gotten to this place. It's genuinely hurting us, dude. It's hurting our country. It's hurting our uh, uh, ability to tackle team issues as a team. OK, inflation faces, you know, faces all of us, the border, gas prices, anything you want to throw at me. It's a team problem. We can't play team ball. We can't work together because the fight for power has become a lifestyle in this country. Republicans now hate Democrats as a lifestyle. Uh, Democrats now hate Republicans as a lifestyle. So what incentive do we have to work together and play team ball right now? There is none. And that's the point I'm trying to make is we have a president behind the wheel who legitimately doesn't know where he is some days. And we only find ourselves in position uh, of the in this position because of the way we've conducted our politics. I always say when I get on the air, hey, man, I'm new. I actually care. Like I gave so much thought to the show when they gave it to me, when all the bigger names turned it down or wanted too much money. And they're like, screw it. We'll give this you know, chubby guy a shot at it. I, I'm fine. I have no ego. I'm just thrilled to be doing the job. It's a dream job. You know, but how do you want to do that job? And I really thought about, you know, how do you take a platform as big as Fox News and have a positive impact on the world with your little time slot? And that's what I try to do. I try to reason with you guys. I don't hate anybody. I don't care if you disagree with me. I'm an idiot half the time. Why would you agree with me? But the point being is we got to this place where people want to win so much more than they want to make progress, which is why we're now stuck with a president because it was who has no idea what he was doing because it was more important for one side to win and defeat Trump. OK, Trump, I'm not defending his character, but his leadership was exponentially better than Biden's. But we needed to get him out of there. I mean, oh, well, COVID, he mishandled COVID. Yo, Biden has presided over twice as many COVID deaths as Trump. Despite inheriting three vaccines, don't tell me COVID. And you can't tell me anything else. We didn't have the inflation under Trump. We didn't have the gas under Trump. We didn't have the border under Trump. We weren't a foreign policy laughing stock under Trump. More importantly, we didn't have a president that needed to be shielded from the press because he can't take questions. 
Introducing the Amazon Biden, the home assistant that refuses to take questions. Biden, can you tell me when your next press conference is? Absolutely not. And unlike the Alexa, the Biden won't share location data. Biden, where is Hunter? Come on, let's get real here. You won't have to worry about your kids plagiarizing schoolwork because the Biden doesn't retain information. Biden, what year did we kill Osama bin Laden? I don't remember that ever happening. It may look like a cheap knockoff that breaks down a lot, but the Biden is doing work you can count on. The three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. The Amazon Biden, selling out fast in Ukraine and China. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The big talk, of course, as Biden sits down with Mohammed bin Salman is whether or not he is going to bring up the human rights atrocity that was the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. Now, we're being assured, which I find so fascinated, that, you know, his views on Khashoggi have been, you know, articulated and. They're going to get a stern talking to from Biden. Sell crazy someplace else. We We're all stocked up here. We don't even know what Biden's going to say. You know, people are telling me yesterday, oh, no, you don't understand. Saudi Arabia, the U.S. get together. Biden holds all the cards right now. <laughs> the only card he's holding is the cheat sheet in his hand that tells him what direction to look at and when to sit down. Again, I'm bothered by this. And you need to understand, like when a president does go overseas, any president could be a young president like Obama, okay? They actually do traditionally have a cheat sheet because they're dealing with foreign culture. Like you're in a country where they bow a certain way. You're in a country where they sit or curtsy or do whatever the heck they do. They, it's traditional for them to have those in foreign countries. You know where it's not traditional for them to have them? When they're standing in their own room in the White House. That's the issue we have right now. We've got a guy in the huddle, okay, who's got the wristband on with all the plays written down because he doesn't know the playbook. And coming up in the next break is the former White House physician that has treated all of these presidents who's currently fighting with the next president for simply telling the truth. What the hell is the world coming to? With a bit of insanity, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Joining us now, a superstar representative from the 13th Congressional District of Texas, Ronnie Jackson, back on the show. Hello, Congressman. 
Hey, Jimmy, thank you for having me, man. Pleasure to be with you. Well, listen, you, you, I do know we enjoy ourselves, but I know on a specific day like today, you would rather be with me than Barack Obama if that email I read was true. Did he really give you a shakedown for saying Biden lost his marbles? Absolutely. I mean, it looks like we I burned a bridge there. I may not have a BFF anymore in, uh, in Barack <laughs> Obama. I'm not sure. But uh, no, he did. He scolded me pretty good. Uh, you know, this was, and this this happened, Jimmy, you know, a couple of years ago when I was running for office. And uh, I, it was the very first time that I came out and publicly got questioned Biden's cognitive, uh, you know, uh, prowess or lack of. And, uh, you know, it was very benign what I said, to be honest with you. I just I retweeted something that Ronald McDaniel had tweeted where Biden had a clip of not knowing exactly what state he was in, uh, getting the state wrong and then uh, talking about running for Senate while he's running for president. Right. <laughs> so it was crazy because, you know, you remember how the press butchered me yep. uh, during the Trump administration yep. because they didn't like the nature of his tweets. He didn't do anything cognitive. but They just didn't like his style, uh, you know, or his mm. tone. And they were they were trying to, you know, make a case that he wasn't cognitively fit to be our president. And they were on me relentlessly all of these uh, elites from academic medicine from Stanford and Harvard and Yale and the, the liberal uh, mainstream media, all the Democrats. It was, it was just nonstop. And then, you know, I was reading this tweet as I was going to a campaign event a couple of years ago when I first tweeted this out. And, and, and I, I was I was just a hypocrisy. I was just like, I'm sick of this. This is ridiculous. Where are all these people now? We actually have a president or a guy that's running for president uh, who, who doesn't know what state he's in or what office he's running for. And it's crickets. You don't hear anything from these people. Right. So out of frustration, I just kind of retweeted Rana's tweet. And I said, hey, does anybody remember the cognitive test that I gave at real Donald Trump? Uh, the one that he aced. Yeah. Looks like somebody else needs a test. It's scary. That's it. It was pretty benign overall. Yeah. But within 20 minutes, man, I like, ding, I got this scathing email directly from President Obama just butchering me, you know, saying, you know, well, this is just, uh, I can't believe the cheap shot you took at Joe. Uh, this is beneath you as a Navy Rear Admiral. This is beneath you as a physician to the president. This is a betrayal of me and all of the friends at the White House that you had. And, you know, yeah, and just on and on. I hope you use better judgment in the future. It, it it was pretty. Oh. It was. It was pretty. Uh, oh wow! Uh, it was pretty good scolding, I guess. So. <laughs> he gave you the old. Your mother and I are very disappointed in That's you. That's right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, he, absolutely. He, first of all, he has to get over himself because you do. Your obligation is to your country, man. And if your country, you know, thank you. If your country has a, a president, you know the engine's running. There's nobody behind the wheel. You're not helping your country by keeping your mouth shut. Come on. I mean, he's got to understand this better than anybody. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a congressman from the number one most conservative district in the entire United States, right? I'm not going to endorse Joe Biden in any shape, form, or fashion, certainly not with his cognitive issues. It's dangerous for this country right now. So, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, he just, you know, I uh, I, I kind of like – it was a weird sensation I had when I when I read the email. Yes, it came to me. It was a little bit – a cross between being a little pissed off and having my feelings hurt just a little bit, to be honest with you. But anyways, I uh, – I thought about it for a while. I went to the to the event. I was already late for the event. I went into the event, and uh, I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to reply to it. When I come back out, I'm going to pick the phone up, and I'm going to call him, and I'm just going to talk to him about it. So then I, that's where my plan was. But when I came back out, I had a little more time to think about it, and I still wasn't real sure exactly what to do. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to call somebody and, and just run this past them. So I called Dan Bongino, right, because Dan and I are good friends. Dan worked in the Secret Service in the Obama administration. Dan would know kind of what I was feeling and the position I was in. I called Dan, and Dan set me straight right away. Dan was like, Ronnie, you don't owe this guy a damn thing, right? <laughs> Did he pick the phone up? Did he try to help you when you were being butchered by the far left and by the mainstream media for what he knew to be lies uh -huh. regarding your, your VA nomination? 
he could have picked the phone up. He could have made one phone call to John Tester or somebody and shut the whole thing down. He didn't do a damn thing to help you. You don't owe this guy a damn thing. So I thought, you know what? He's right. And so I just let it go. And then it's just been sitting around. And then obviously it came to surface now because it's in my new book, Holding the Line. And yes. so it got you know, leaked was, out of the book. But. I was just going to mention that. If you're just joining us, Representative Ronnie Jackson on the line, his book is called Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values. You know, Bongino, I like him. I just wish he wouldn't hold back so much, you know? Yeah, I know, right? He's a, he's a very mild-mannered, very, very reserved, yeah. Good dude. Uh, let me ask you this question. You have to settle something for me really quick while we were on this subject, okay? Um, on that day when you were the White House physician and no one, and I mean no one, in that press briefing room would accept the fact that Donald Trump was of good health and sound mind, and they literally were coming at you. It was like the old video game Asteroids where you're just sliding back and forth at the bottom of the screen and they're shooting at the target. Um, how many beers did you have? after that press conference <laughs> i don't remember it might have been more than beer jimmy i might have, i might have, i might have stepped it up after that yeah. <laughs> that's why i love you man but but that's what i'm so fascinated by is this is where i tell people on the left that the media is failing them too okay when you've got a president with no signs of cognitive decline but you're willing to weaponize the news cycle in the name of saying he's compromised which is what they did to trump but when you have a president like we do now with serious signs of cognitive decline and you won't even acknowledge it, you're doing the country a disservice. Like Joe Biden yesterday appeared to have turned and shook hands with an invisible man. Now, some people are saying, oh, oh, hold up now. He wasn't shaking hands with an invisible man. He was pointing. Now, Ronnie, I don't care if you're shaking hands or pointing. The story here is not the hand gesture. It's that the guy's invisible. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make it I any mean, better. Dangerous, Jimmy. I mean, look what he's doing to our, just domestically to our to our border, to our economy. Our, our country's in, in shambles right now. Now he's overseas right now, and and this guy is like. I mean. He is. He's, he, this is bad for our country over there. He's not inspiring confidence in our in, in our allies. He's not. You know, uh, he, he, our, our enemies don't fear us anymore because we have this. You know, incompetent. Uh, you know, old man. Uh, you know, who is not even really running the country. Most people know that. Other people are calling the shots. I mean, yep. so it's a very it's it's dangerous for us, not just domestically, but it's a big national security issue. I don't see how in the world this man makes it another two years in this office. I really don't. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and and like I said, and this is the this is the reason why it's it's so timely that the letter's coming out right now getting leaked out of the book because i said a long time ago i said you know what it's ronnie jackson talking about it right now but mark my word in a year and a half or two years it won't be ronnie jackson talking about it anymore it's going to be the democrats and his own party that's exactly what's happening right now the mainstream media is starting to bring it up and other people start to talk about it because they realize that they've got to do something with him he won't make it and they're going to have to come up with something to get rid of him Yeah, no, I I agree. I I 100 percent agree. And this is what I'm watching right now. There is a little bit of a strategic distancing going on in the media and that the New York Times, as you said, wrote about it. There's some whispers over at CNN now because the thing the media does and and our listeners need to know this. We're talking to Representative Ronnie Jackson. Uh, His new book is called Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values. And you should read it for no other reason than because Ronnie's a great guy and he gets yelled at by Barack Obama in the book, which is just hilarious. It's just funny. You're the only guy who knows but yelled at by Obama, but stick with me. But the media, what I see them doing right now, and you know human nature, you're a Texan, okay, is they are starting to turn on Biden because they want to look credible 
when they go back to shilling for every single Democrat that needs a vote this November and again in 2024. So they're almost trying to redeem themselves. And if you remember here in New York, okay, we had a governor, Andrew Cuomo, who was involved in one scandal after another. But the media propped him up before the election, said he was the best guy in the world. And then the minute the Democrats won the 2020 election, they ran Cuomo right out of town. You know, they're very transactional. Biden, for all intents and purposes, to me, looks like a useful idiot. And they were only hiring part time. So do you what do you think of my theory that they are eventually going to turn on him if his poll numbers just completely i mean they can't get much lower but do you see that coming you're absolutely right that's exactly what's going to happen i'll give you my theory jimmy mm-hmm. is there the, the press is starting to let the poll numbers come out now they're starting to let the public see you know uh you're starting to paint this picture of how you know he's he's not a he's not a well thought of president you know he's a failure as a president so on and so forth they're letting some of the cognitive stuff come out they're watching his polls drop like a rock they don't necessarily want to admit that they were wrong on the cognitive stuff mm-hmm. what they're going to do this is my theory is at some point in the very near future they're going to just look the other way and let some of this hunter biden stuff blow up and get him in trouble with the Hunter Biden stuff, and they're going to have an excuse on why he needs to leave office. Wow. They'll come up with something like that. But I think that the, 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 the left will eventually look away and let some of the Hunter Biden stuff uh, take off and it bring him down like that. But it, regardless of how it happens, they're looking at ways to bring him down right now. I, you know what? I, I, I see it. Like, I kind of I see the wheels turning, man. And it's this is just human nature we're talking about now. You know, there's an old saying, you know, success has a thousand fathers, but failure is an orphan. When you're polling at 30 percent, you're a political orphan, man. They do not want this oh, yeah. guy around. Uh, hit me with this before I let you go. OK, we've got a big book coming out. It's a big deal. Uh, will there be any book signings? Are there going to be any events? Yeah, we're gonna we'll put some stuff out online. We're definitely yes. gonna do that. I'm gonna do some stuff coming up in Dallas. We'll do some stuff here in DC, but we'll have some stuff around. And and we don't have a schedule set up yeah, yet, but course. we will have some book uh, signings coming out. It's gonna be, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the book. There's a lot of stuff inside. There's a lot of other juicy stuff in there. I got some stories with me and President Trump and oh, some wow. of the influence I had on some of his policies and things of that nature. And and you know the deep state and, and, and there's a lot of stuff in there. So yeah, get the book. I think well, you'll enjoy yeah, it. They, they better get the book. And I, and listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's gonna be a quiz for all my listeners. So you can count on them getting the book. It's called Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values. Really quick, okay, you've treated multiple presidents in the White House. You say something like the deep state, um, which a lot of us do believe to be a thing. I mean, you've been closer to it than anybody listening to this interview right now. Uh, Did you really get that sense when you're in the White House? And I don't even mean under Trump when the apparatus had openly turned on him. But did you have a sense of that under other presidents, that there was some type of like weird governmental Illuminati? that the rest of us don't see? A little bit, but it wasn't near as obvious as it was whenever it was in direct conflict with the sitting president, right? Mm-hmm. I think during the Biden administration, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, during the Obama administration, you know, it, they were in step, so it wasn't near as obvious. But then when Trump came on board, it was very obvious uh, that it was going on because, uh, uh, you know, because they were undermining everything he was doing. I mean, they were supporting President Obama. They were part of, you know, the deep state shared the same agenda that he shared, you know, uh, with this identity politics and, and mm-hmm. starting what we're seeing now, uh, you know, on steroids in the Biden administration. They shared all that. But uh, whenever Trump came in, uh, they were in conflict. And I talk about it in the book and everything about how there were certain people in, in executive departments, whether it was the, the VA or DOD or DOJ or wherever it was, these people thought it was their job, their patriotic duty somehow or another to pick the president's cabinet for him because he wasn't capable of doing it, completely undermining the authority of the president. And uh, it's just, uh, 
it, it, yeah. you know, these people, and they're not good for our country. We got to get rid of them. Unfortunately, there are a bunch of them. Yeah, I know. That's that's the problem right now. We're not playing good, you know, good ball as a team. My biggest frustration, Ronnie, is someone who roots for America, is to put it in the sports terms we talk about. America is a team that has championship level talent, but we need a coaching change big time at the top. Yeah. And that that's yep. what we need. So you got work to do. I'll handle the book sales. You don't worry about a damn thing. I don't even want royalties. Just buy me a beer the next time I see you. Okay, brother? All right, Jimmy. And hey, if people want to add their name to my demand that that Biden be cognitively tested, go to testbiden.com, and I'm going to put you on record as demanding a cognitive test for this president. Oh, that's amazing. I'm live. I don't know if you can hear me typing right now, but I am on the case. Let's go. All right. Godspeed on your mission. The book is called Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values. Great work, my man. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate my, it. There he goes. The great Ronnie Jackson, who got a scolding. He got a scolding by Barack Obama. Can you imagine that? You treat a president for all those years of the White House, you do right by the guy. Understand that Obama gave him several commendations for his work. And then the minute Ronnie got out on the campaign trail and said, yeah, I don't know, Biden seems a little loopy. He gets an email that basically says there are white folks and then there are ignorant like you. I mean, yo, that's not cool, man. That is not cool. This is politics as usual. But when Obama says something like, oh, you know, you betrayed your friends in the White House. Your mother and I are very disappointed in you. Do you understand, though? Your mother and I, if we care about the country, should want someone in a position of knowledge. Ronnie Jackson is a White House physician. Okay, the media portrays him like he was the sixth brother who didn't make it into the Jackson Five. He was the other. There was another Ronnie, <laughs> not a different Ronnie. He didn't get in. You know, they, he's he's actually he's not Doctor Pepper. He's the White House physician. He's doing like the most important individual medical gig in the country, in in terms of prominence of the jobs and the people he's treating. If he sees somebody, this is not political shilling to say Joe Biden is a mess. When you see Joe Biden shake hands with an invisible man, that doesn't make you a partisan hack for saying, hey, that looks a little off. Okay, Ronnie Jackson is a good man. Like, he's a Texan. I've met him. I've met him in person. You know what I mean? And, yeah, he obviously likes Donald Trump and conservative values, and he's from the great state of Texas. But that doesn't mean you've got to filter his criticisms through that lens when you agree with his criticisms, like, don't understand this, okay? Barack Obama is a show for the Democratic Party and that ideology, and he wants them in power even if it means we have a guy with dementia running the country. That's just reality. Okay, so that's his obligation is to political power. Ronnie's obligation in that moment is to the good of the country. We don't need a president with Alzheimer's, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. Or whatever Biden has, I can't diagnose him. But the guy is clearly a mess. And you understand he's not the bad guy. Okay, the bad guy is the person who wants to hand the car keys to a guy who doesn't even know which car in the parking lot happens to be his. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And now, great moments in presidential history. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I just spoke at Dartmouth. 
at the medical school, or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the, I, I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts, I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke. There it is. Another sound moment out of your president. Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. By the way, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on Tucker tonight, kicking Dagan McDowell's butt in the legendary final exam. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. But when we wrap it up on Tucker tonight, you know I'm heading out to the Stress Factory. I've been promoting it all week. Uh, you know, one thing about doing stand-up comedy is it's nice to have an audience. It's actually good. Otherwise, you're just a crazy guy talking to himself on the train. Uh, but it sounds like we got a lot of tickets. And uh, if you're out listening in the Lake of the Ozarks, we're going to be in the Encore on August the 19th. And those gigs, wow, thank you. Everybody listening on KRMS, uh, you guys are buying tickets. Uh, you might see some failures there besides Jimmy. So if you're in the market and you want to hang with your radio buddy, definitely go to Ticketmaster.com or the Encore.com. Uh, if you're in the Jersey tri-state area this weekend, you want to go to New Brunswick dot stressfactory.com and again i know some of you are like oh fail shut up stop plugging your live events i'm not plugging them for me in real theory i'm plugging them for you like i make an okay living i mean compared to a cab driver what i was used to i'm loaded now i'm not saying i have money but i'm saying compared to having none uh having some is incredible but the bigger thing is that i want you guys all of you that take time to listen to this show I'm eventually going to make my way to every one of your markets. I do want all of you to come out and be a part of it because anybody who has been a part of one of these, you'll always hear them call in the next day and be like, hey, that was awesome. And it's not me that makes it awesome. It's knowing that there are so many other people out there like you. This show only succeeds. My career is only exploding the way it is in this moment because Fox has recognized the value of what we're doing. We're the cool people. I don't mean like we're trendsetters, we're fashionistas. I mean we're cool, okay? We're reasonable. We just want the country to do well. We want to have a couple of laughs, you know? We want to make a couple of bucks. We want to take a couple of bites, have a couple of drinks if that's your thing. And, yes, we might want to get a little something-something at the end of the day. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. I could play that drop a hundred times a show. It just makes me laugh. But the point is, if you're in the tri-state area, get down to the Stress Factory Saturday night. You'll meet some Fox Across America listeners. You'll meet some Fox News super fans and dig this. You're going to meet some of the Fox News ladies because I roll with quite an entourage. They're very supportive of my career uh, and they will be supporting me Saturday night. I'm out of here. Uh, we're back in the next hour and it's just going to get crazier. So buckle up, Fox Across America, with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, bringing you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. One of my cells to you, the listener, is what? I'm a former New York City cab driver, and I always treat this radio show like you're driving a cab. You never know who's going to jump in when the door swings open. Well, right now, I just got off the outnumbered couch. The door has swung all the way open. You talk about an embarrassment of radio riches in no particular order. Lara Trump to my right. Harris Faulkner to, I believe, her left. I'm a little discombobulated. There's a lot of firepower coming my way. If she's to your right, then I'd have to be to her right. (laughs) (laughs) I suck at this. It's a circle, dude. This is not good. Have you ever had a check? Apparently, I need one. Uh, We just got off the outnumber couch. It was fantastic. I mean, the guy in the middle was a little nuts, but we had a good time. We had a great time. Uh, Happy Friday, you two, first and foremost. Happy Friday. I'm really just giving our listeners a chance to 
make sense of what's going on here. You know what I mean? I'm just they're coming to after that. They're really they, <laughs> like, everybody fell happened? out, and now they're coming back. Harris is here. Lara's here. Jimmy, this is yeah. a whole. It's a whole to do. But yes, Happy Friday. We're all in a good mood. We had a. I, I thought um, this is like the kiss and cry room. You know, after they do their gymnastics routine, they sit with the coach and they watch the scores come up. What does the Swedish judge give us? What do you think we got? Uh, out of a ten, out of ten, yeah. twelve. Whoa! Easily, easily twelve. I love it. You know, I have a world champion in my family, USAIGC World Gymnastics Stop. in June. Oh wait, yeah. Uh, this is definitely not the crying room. We are celebrating <laughs> after she got a silver and two bronze. Uh-huh. Uh, we we were we were out of the park. In fact, the judges right now are drinking. <laughs> They've never seen anything quite like outnumbered. Yeah, they were like, we away. give them a gold, it and was, I need I need people a Moscow weeping. Meal. Yeah, a dog licked a mailman. They made peace. Like we really we changed the world. Yeah. And I don't mean to compete. My son is also a world champion in Madden on Xbox. It's not quite Aww, real competition. Sweet. Take but, it where you can get it. But we're you know? here. It is a Fox Across America <laughs> yeah. Power Hour, uh, or at least a Power Ten Minutes. You know anyway. what? I learned this hour though. Mm-hmm. Laura Trump is your kryptonite. Oh no, <laughs> like, she's got these one-liners on you. She's I don't great. even know what? if you're Well, cuz she comes on, on the show and she has a lot of dirt on me. That's the it's thing. True. Oh. So, it took everything. We did a very touching memorial to your mother-in-law, the yes. late great Ivana Trump. And I, if you noticed, I didn't say a word. I just smiled and nodded and clapped for every nice thing said because I didn't want to corrupt it because you and I take a lot of shots at each other. We love it. And I wanted to be like, oh, if she can get through Lara's karaoke, you know, <laughs> she could survive Czechoslovakia for all those years. But I didn't want to do it. I tried to take the high ground. Well, I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. and I will say my karaoke voice has been pretty bad. I've had a, a throat issue. So uh-huh. for everybody waiting for me, today's not the day. We're not going to do it today. <laughs> but whatever reason, I don't know why everyone is singing in this building. Harris, you can weigh in on this. The other night, I was guest hosting Kennedy. Shannon Bream came on and sang. She sang. I don't oh. know if this is common for Shannon Bream, but she has some chops. My question, Harris. She Faulkner, does have a pretty voice. She has oh, a very she yeah. has a very pretty voice. Um should we have like an internal reality show like you know like an America's Got but Talent? But you already we have a know what I want to do. Oh yeah, well that's my favorite. What do you yeah, want to do? I, I, I want to I want to have karaoke um for like Everybody brings a guest, and it's got to be somebody big, you know. So I, I would bring you, Laura. Love, oh, my God, stop. <laughs> I love this. I was going right? to say I'd bring and my father-in-law. But I okay. was going to say, you're kind of cheating. You're going to bring yeah, Donald and Trump. I, I think this is a good platform because while I, I love television, mm-hmm. I love radio, too. And I do think that there's an intimacy in radio. Yeah. And that if you have a powerful, beautiful voice like Shannon Bream oh, yeah. and you surprise people, mm-hmm. it's even more so because they're, they're, so, they're in a box. Usually people are in their car. Yeah, like it's a very point. intimate listening space. I will say this. Um, there are some people who could just show up and not even sing. Mm-hmm. So we would have, a, to have to have like a visual, like the radio, mm-hmm. but on online. Yeah, we'd probably get some mean? jugglers and weird stuff. Well, the Fox Nation I saw, cameras I don't, I don't know if you know this, but Laura rolls on a lot of um, sequins. Sparkles. Oh, so down to her tennis shoes, There's right? A lot of swag. So, no. Look at that. Stop it. What yeah. is that? I'll be putting so these just, on momentarily. Oh my god. Yeah. Gosh. So I'm just saying that whether she sings mm-hmm. really wouldn't even matter. We we need her blank. What Har- did Shannon Bream sing? I'll get there. Harris Faulkner in studio. <laughs> Harris Faulkner in studio, along with Lara Trump, who has apparently come from a Liberace estate sale. Nice shoes. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you <laughs> hope it went well. I hope you didn't pay too much. Uh, hope you, hope he gave them to you. Shannon Bream. I had jokingly referred to her as the wind beneath my wing. And Aww. she sang "Wind Beneath My Wings," but she sang that. it well. Like she sang it better than Bette Midler would probably wow. sing it. I was, I was genuinely impressed. Mm. And where Bette do we Midler find this? Days. 
Um, I'll post the clip online. Mike, you it. might even have that clip somewhere. You might have it. because yeah. we. It's All right, we'll, we'll post it. I might send it your now, way. What you, is your karaoke jam? Yep, let's go. So I think Jimmy w- could weigh in on this. You mm-hmm. know that I, I'm not shy about getting down with Tupac, Biggie. I don't play <laughs> East or West Coast. Rap oh, yeah. karaoke I love. Yes. Can my, you give us a little? At my wedding, mm-hmm. there was no... Uh, television screen that with the words on it i just grabbed the mic at the after party and just went for it yeah because wow. beer <laughs> i don't know i'm kidding uh, yeah. hey, can i give you a lara trump fun fact this is how much i know that was a lot no, i no, love that one no but it gets at her wedding i'll give you another one and Go i was ahead. not there even though i'm dressed most of the time like i might have been waiting <laughs> tables at her wedding i was not there uh but can we confirm for the radio listeners that the song africa played a prominent role that by toto was my wedding song that's what eric and i did our first dance to africa. really mm-hmm. oh how beautiful is that yeah that is can a... you can you give us a little on the microphone? No. Don't you... <laughs> what, do, what do we want? What do you want? Let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. The state <laughs> that's saying... untouchable like Ellie and Ness. The track hits your eardrum like a slug this to your a... chest. I won't go any further than that because it gets really dirty. You yeah, say... it does. I was like, wait. Okay, yeah, we got to the slug Paris to the chest. Nervous. What are we doing now? Lara Trump well, heretofore known as now. Dr. Wait, Dre. Wait, 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 wait. Let me be President Biden for a minute. Fist oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to go there. I was going to go there. So you didn't that see this. good. That was oh, dope. thank you. That was dope. That was dope. I don't know who I am in the arrangement because I, I mean I, I obviously want Harris to live a long, prosperous life, so I don't want to make her Tupac. But I think I have to be Suge Knight. Look at me. I'm, okay. I'm more of the Suge to. Knight. Have so to. I'm Suge. You're, that makes you Tupac. I don't know. I mean, that makes you Dre. Con- I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, you're going to have much nicer headphones at the end of this interview That's if you're Dre. That's true. I know. <laughs> you're gonna you get to be D-O-double-G. Why can't I be some D-O-double-G? Oh, the Snoop Dogg of cable That's news, true. Harris yeah. Faulkner. And not just because I'm getting a contact high offer. I kid. <laughs> Harris, we talked. You guys fist bumped. The audience didn't see this, but we should discuss this in jest. So Biden gets out of the limo because this is what the top of my hour, the first hour of my show was about today. Biden going to meet MBS and about the optics and, you know, in between. So Biden gets out of the limo and fist bumps the crown prince. Now, is there a world we didn't discuss this end of it on uh, outnumbered, but is there a world where he just. He's just fist bumping anybody he sees. Well, like, not without weed. <laughs> Sorry. He's Sorry. shaking hands with invisible people. Why not start fist bumping? <laughs> that's what I said. Literally any, the, like the thin air. I don't know. Every, you know, that's what I said. I, we're, we're mad that he fist bumped, you know, Ben Salmon. I'm like, at least somebody was there. I mean, that's holy true. heck. I, I just don't understand him. Mm. I mean, this is the, you know, this is a guy, Crown Prince, who is accused of multiple killings. Mm hmm. Not the least of which included our American columnist, Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi, which we found out that the president wasn't going to talk about with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything was off the table. It's like they had picked an exclusive interview with the crown prince, Mm -hmm. and then the interviewee's ex-wife called and redid the negotiated deal on the interview and said, you can't ask him about this, this, that, or the other. Uh I mean... I guess she in that scenario would do it for cash. I don't know what has happened on the plane on Air Force One moments before during the Faulkner focus. We found out that, yeah, he's not really going to ask for oil. He's going to let OPEC do that. Okay, so the one reason you really went to the Middle East, they've rebuffed you on. Yeah. So now you're not even going to talk about oil. So they had to fist bump because I think they were maybe going to do some karaoke off camera. Like, what's on the schedule now? <laughs> they drove. Uh, this is like you drove. Imagine in the movie Vacation if they drove one. all the way to Wally World, but they don't like to go on rides. Yeah. No, we're just going to go. We yeah. like the moose out front. It's going to be great. It's this is just crazy. so embarrassing for yeah. America. It, and I think you brought this up on Outnumber, Jimmy. It, it makes us look so weak because you have Joe Biden 
not too long ago saying, you know, I'm going to hold this guy accountable. I'm going to take it to him. And then he's there fist bumping him. So which one is it? (laughs) But it's the same thing that we continue to see from this president. He says one thing. He does another. It's all bad for America. It just it's such a shame. And we wouldn't even need to be there. Apparently, Harris not asking for help with oil, which, again, <laughs> was the whole so point, weird. I guess. If we actually just kept the pipelines open here, yeah. allowed drilling here, and allowed America to be energy independent. But I digress. With no, I'm talking to Only Lara Donald Trump. Trump doing it. How about it? I'm talking to Lara Trump. I'm talking to Harris Faulkner. Again, I've said this to you before. Uh, you say Donald Trump. I really would take Barron Trump. I would. <laughs> Barron Trump, if you're listening, I know you know Lara. Okay, and quite well. Uh, I know kids his age played a lot of Fortnite. They're probably better at foreign policy than Joe Biden. Fortnite, you travel the world, you do th- call of duty. I'm just saying you don't need to co-sign either of these campaigns. But I was watching someone earlier before we came on the air. Um, I was kind of reading up on this and flipping channels. And Harris, I keep hearing people say, you know, well, Biden's got a couple of cards in this meeting with MBS. The only card he has is the cheat sheet in his hand telling him what his name is. What do, do, do we have cards? No, we don't have cards. And as Mark Thiessen, former senior White House member uh, uh, for the staff of President George W. Bush, told me today, um, we don't have any leverage either. Mm-hmm. General Jack Keane had a whole list of things he wanted to do. We both doubted that that would be on any card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's a whole lot that goes wrong before apparently he even gets off the plane when they have to start making announcements and readjusting mm-hmm. uh, expectations. But that, that readjustment isn't just for us. It's for our allies. I really feel bad for Israel in this whole picture. Yep. Like, I mean, not to get too mm-hmm. geopolitical on Fox Across America, but, <laughs> but it's true. Um, but it is, it's, it's really embarrassing. Here's my I think analogy. Laura there. is right about this. This is embarrassing that we can't send our guy who's supposed to represent the strongest place yeah. on earth to be, yeah. and he goes in there like a weakened fighter and says, No, don't punch me. Let's fist bump gently. It's so bizarre. The Israel thing, really quick. It's so crazy to me that he's over there giving a speech about his commitment to protecting Israel while openly courting Iran. You know, imagine I give you a speech where I go, I'm here to make sure nobody badmouths Johnny Depp. That's why I'm giving Amber Heard the right to host my show this week. Or you're giving Amber Heard $150 billion like Biden and Obama did. Oh, man. I wonder what that was like for Israel whenever Uh he got off the plane. And they're like, well, here's the guy who gave our enemy all this money. It just none of it makes any sense. And again, whether we're talking about Saudi Arabia, whether we're talking about Israel, it's also hypocritical. Yep. I, I don't know what his real position is because he just kind of flops around all the time. It's a mess. But I'm going to go to bring it full circle. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who did an expert job on the show today with us, uh, she has suggested on my air that we do a karaoke event called Carry Wokey, where oh. we change the lyrics woke. So Maneater by Hall & Oates is now Them Eater. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, oh, here they come. Watch out, Zier. They'll you know chew you up. Weird? It sounds nasty, though, when you change it. Can you pull up Woke <laughs> Rock for them? Just sit still. You guys oh, listen wow. through this, and you're right. out of here. Give him one terrible. second. Here we go. It, this is what – hold on. Before you play it. This is where we're headed. This is what the identity politics gender movement would do to pop culture. Okay? okay. Justin's going to cue it up. You. Take your time, Justin. You just tell me when you're ready. Here it is. Introducing Woke Rock, the gender-neutral album that's got everyone coming to terms. Twelve inclusive anthems everyone can live by. Non-binary woman! <laughs> Stay away from- 
music so good, it's dangerous. Oh, here they come. Watch out, dear, they'll chew you up. Oh, here they come. They're with them, eat up. Woke Rock. Available on college campuses and corporate boardrooms everywhere. Your birthing person don't dance and your parent don't rock and roll. We've never sold a copy, but we identify as number one on the charts. Like, do you want to uh, get out of bed one day? That's, no. That's pretty much where we're headed. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, try- I'm always trying to make the case on the simplest terms. America, if you're listening. Do you want that on your radio? And we're not denying anybody their right to exist, but we also have to protect the right to exist of good music. That's I mean, all I'm asking for let's here. Try. Let's try. Oh uh, I mean, at the very <laughs> least, we should try to do that. And I feel like I've said this to you before, Jimmy. The problem I have with all of this is it's all grammatically incorrect. Yes! Okay. I am such a grammar stickler, and I'm going to shout out to my dad on this because mm-hmm. he used to correct me. Often at the dinner table, I'd be in the middle of a story to have to correct me. But this is it's like torture. Not only does it sound ridiculous, but it's grammatically incorrect. All of it. The, the you're calling a, a singular person. They that's two people. What are we doing, <laughs> America? Gonna, I'm keeping score over Brilliant. here, America. I, I love that. And one of the reasons why I love that so much is because we are willing to become less than to become yes. what more. That's, like I, I don't know what they think that totally. we will be yep. if we don't use proper English and mm-hmm. pronouns and things to identify singularity or mm-hmm. plural or whatever. We can't even teach our kids English. And by the way, I said this on the air recently. The first words that our babies learn are mama and data. Gosh, that's so yeah, true. That's crazy. So now. You know, if I had to start momhood all over the place, and my kid refused to say mama, like my yeah, first yeah. baby, she everybody uh-huh. was everything was dad, dad, dad. She wanted uh, water. That's dad, always dad, the dad, way. Dad, yeah. dad, that's dad, how they dad. Do, yeah. So I really had to earn yep. the right to be called mama. And wow. now I would have to teach little Bella birthing parent. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Very well, easy. On my do you know what that yeah. would mean? We'd all be dada. Thank you. She would never get there. Well, on my side, as a person with the capacity for pregnancy, I I have some empathy. (laughs) Girls, this was amazing. No, we have to go in a second because I have a hard break. But if you want to put an exclamation point on it, you could. I just want to say I love you both. This is amazing. Thanks for letting me crash. It was no, no. I appreciate you crashing. I can't. I can't deal with her alone. This was very helpful, Harris. I owe you big. Great stuff. We're back after this. (laughs) The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, having a little bit of a Friday over here. Just got done with Lara Trump and Harris Faulkner. I will be on with the great Neil Cavuto in the 4 p.m. hour. Then I'm going toe-to-toe with Dagan McDowell in Tucker Carlson's final exam tonight. I might need some backup, so let's go down to Texas where Rodney is in Stevensville. Yo, Rodney. What's going on, Jimmy? Man, I don't know if you heard any of that previous break, but we had some we had some party crashers on the show. I did, I did. I listened to you every day. Oh, but, gotta, thanks. You're gonna have to change your uh, your catchphrase from "Hey, girl," though. <laughs> it's not gonna have to be "Hey, uterus bearing individual." <laughs> I'm going to open my next TV show. If I'm if I ever guest host another TV show, it could happen. Hey, uterus bearing individual. Isn't it so crazy, man? Like we are because we come at this from a good place. We're good people. It's just so crazy. We'd be crazy not to call it out. 
and I, I have a point, and I'm glad that your your last discussion ended on it because it ties in real well. Mm-hmm. I believe all this woke nonsense that we have to deal with. I'm going to take a page out of Democrats' playbook. I believe it's Trump's fault. Oh, for four years, mm-hmm. things were too good. Nobody had anything to complain about, so we had to make stuff up. That's true. That's what Russia was. Russia was a pretend problem. Like, I, I mean, it was for all intents and purposes. We didn't have inflation. We didn't have the border. We didn't have any of this. We didn't have gas. We didn't have any of it. And, you know, when I say that, people are like, oh, you just must be like some hardcore MAGA support. No, I'm just a supporter of a prosperous America. So I'm glad you get it. Uh, really quick, though. Well, we have 40 seconds here, Rodney. Uh, my life has kind of spiraled into like a beer commercial. You hear me say that a lot. I was driving a cab. Now I'm hanging out with all these rowdy women. Is there a rowdy woman you'd like me to bring to Texas when I come back in November? A specific one? Um, Cat Kemp. Oh, she just walked by the studio. No way. That wasn't even a setup. Yo, all right, Rodney, I'm out of here, but you might hear from Cat Kemp in the next break. It's not quite Texas, but it'll have to do. My man, great call. We'll get to more of them after this on the big bad. One and only Fox Across America. How crazy is that Cat Tim thing? It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. Cat Tim just walked by the studio, by the way, if everyone's <laughs> keeping score at home. Uh, she's getting ready to tape an episode of Gutfeld. I don't know that you're going to hear from her, uh, but she is here in spirit. Fox News on a Friday right now. You got to see it to believe it. We, I work at a party, and I tell you every day how grateful I am, and I'm trying to use the platform for good. I want, you know, to take this opportunity to spread some type of joy into the world because the world's on fire. I mean that. It's funny because I have this mook accent, like I'm a New York cab driver, but I'm really like a fat hippie. Like, I'm not doing drugs, but I have just like that peace and love vibe. You know what I mean? And uh, I just, I really wish to God, like those of you that are like Fox super fans that watch the show and watch all these shows, you get it. But I really wish to God that everyone, I mean, the people who hate Fox the most, like if you're hate listening because you were turning the dial and you just heard the announcer say Fox across and you're like, oh, hell no, I'm going to listen to this. And, you know, he's going to tune in and scream at your radio because you disagree with Fox. I wish I would pay anything. For you to come here and walk around and see how absurdly fun the vibe is. It's crazy. I wish we had children's parties here. Unfortunately, my producer isn't allowed within 500 feet of a school, so I don't think we could have children's parties. But it's such a good, positive, upbeat vibe. And it's so funny to me because every single day we just never know who we're going to see. We never know what show they're here to be on or what book they're promoting or what pro sport they played or, you know, what movie they start in. But the only guarantee is we're going to see them in a really good mood. It's unbelievable. And I just I wish to God you could all see it. But it's one of the reasons why I'm always so like, <laughs> you know, I'm always upbeat and stuff. It's, it's, it's awesome. And the truth is you might not be surrounded by this. But this energy is a choice. You can choose to be surrounded by this. I've been in other TV networks. I've done, if you do your homework, I've done TV hits on just about everything out there uh, on my way up. And uh, it ain't like this. Like, I would say this. Like, if you went to, say, uh, across the street to NBC and you met whoever your favorite star was. It was Al Roker. Maybe, I don't know, on the Today Show. Uh, Most of those people, they will take a picture with you. And the minute you get that picture, the color leaves their face and they are like, get Get the, I mean, get the f- away from me. 
Like that, it's that bad. They're like, get what do you even? It's like I, I told you, I met Hillary Clinton in the O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Do you remember that? You ever? You remember that story? Back up, you creep. The minute you take the picture, you take it. She's like, oh yeah, no, I love you. You know, I mean, if you happen to be a person of color, not only does she love you, but she bonds with you. I don't feel no ways tired. But then the minute you get the photo, the minute this is not okay. They want you out of there. At Fox, it's really weird. But if you've ever been to one of our events, I promote the pants off of them on this show. Uh, we're just we're regular people. That's why I'm on TV. I couldn't be on TV if the requirement was I've got to be some type of broadcast journalist, you know, dead serious politico talking head guy. There's no value in me doing that. But the reason Fox wins in the ratings is we're regular people and we're selling a good time, a positive outlook. And I want everybody to see the value of that. It really matters in your life, dude. It really, really matters. Someone once told me in my cab, your attitude defines your experience. You have a good attitude, you're going to have a pretty good life regardless of circumstance. You have a bad attitude, you're screwed. And think across the spectrum of people you've come across. How many poor people do you know that are happy? And how many rich people do you know that, like, literally, sadly, blew their brains out because they just didn't know how to enjoy themselves? And they had other individual torments, and I don't mean to make light of them. But the point is, if you have a good attitude, you're going to find joy to pull you through somewhere. And I'm saying this as one of the greatest stories in the history of pulling through. (laughs) I just, I mean it. I'm not, uh, when I'm on the air and I'm talking about it all the time, I used to drive a cab. I'm reminding you, number one, how possible it is. But number two, selfishly, I actually want the credit for the accomplishment. How many other cabbies are talking to a few million people right now? And it's not to disparage them. But how many of them are on all these TV shows? I mean, you know, it's amazing. And it's like, I I always joke joke about LeBron. LeBron, I think, says stupid stuff just to remind us that he never went to school. (laughs) He just wants credit for being a billionaire without ever having opened a book. Um, So there is a little bit of that going on. But the bigger thing is the joy. The bigger thing is the positivity. Okay, And uh, there's a lot of reasons, you know, you got to be positive. You know, one is for your joy, but two is for the people around you, because there's so much negativity in the world right now. And getting past inflation and the border and, you know, all the bile in our politics and the spike in crime, we're also living in a world, okay, where you might be changing the channel and all of a sudden the view comes on. No! Oh, no, no! I mean, just think of the horrors that could happen to a man. You're walking down the street, a piano falls on your head, or you, you know, you sit down in an airport, the view comes on. The view is awful. Why am I focused on the view? Because let me give you some sound bites now. Okay, inflation is at a 41-year high. Okay, the only, again, the only thing higher than inflation, the only thing higher than inflation are the people who think Joe Biden's doing a good job. That's true. That is true. Here is the view, as they always do, human shielding for Joe Biden. I'm going to give you two clips. This is spectacular. Because every single self-respecting economist will tell you this inflation is the byproduct of the reckless spending that took place on the tail end of the pandemic when society was poised to reopen. Biden paid a lot of people to stay home and not go back to work. That is financial lunacy. And he did it in the name of what? COVID, a current recovery, the American rescue plan. 
And what did we find out about that COVID recovery American Rescue Plan? Only 9% of the money went to COVID. What a fraud. And that's what's caused the inflation. And yes, the spike in gas prices. Because understand, gas going up makes it more expensive to ship the products you buy off the shelves on the off chance you find baby formula on a shelf in this country. But when the gas goes up, it makes the price of those goods go up in the process. Because all of those green energy yahoos, Okay, who want more government dependency, but somehow less government subsidies for things we need, like fossil fuels, have declared war on our fossil fuel industry, and you're getting to bill for it in every single direction. Thanks, big government weenuses. But here's the view defending Biden. It's clip 49. Inflation rates just hit a 40-year high, and there are calls coming from both sides of the aisle and the media for the Biden administration to figure out ways to fix it. So here's my question. <laughs> what do you want him to do that he's not doing? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. You know, this <laughs> I don't know very many folks who could juggle this many balls in the air at the same time. I mean, he's gotten hit with, you know, COVID and then COVID-19 and then COVID-21 and then COVID's <laughs> COVID's cousin. And, you know, and there's that. And then there's the wars and there's the inflation going up, which is happening all over the world. Can you imagine being that stupid? No, but just to give you some precedent into how stupid that is, okay, if you remember, this is the same Whoopi Goldberg who wanted Jill Biden to be the Surgeon General, despite the fact that she's not a medical doctor. Remember this one? Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would it? never do it, but she, it, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. <laughs> a doctor in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, I think she's a, I don't think so. She's she's oh. a teacher, but <laughs> I'm surrounded by idiots. These are the some of the some of the stupidest, most self righteous people in the world. Because do you understand self righteousness is stupid. Even if you could establish that you were factually correct, you still sound like a jackass, you know, being as self righteous as they are. But the funny thing about the view is Okay, they're self-righteous, as self-righteous as can be, and they're wrong, like 99.9% of the time. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Understand, all the things he got hit with, COVID. Did Biden get hit with COVID, guys? Did did he? I think he inherited COVID, and I think he famously said, I'll shut down the virus. And then when December rolled around last year, what did he tell us? There's no federal solution to the virus. I never said I'd shut down the virus. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, he inherited not one, not two, but three vaccines after bashing the vaccine pretty actively. If you remember on the campaign trail in the summer of 2020. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can't handle the truth. I mean, think about that. You know, you want to tell me he didn't bash the vaccine. Who's going to take you going to take it? I'm not going to take it. Seriously, view. You can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth. COVID has just been a catastrophic mismanagement that's not only hurt our economy, because you understand his response to COVID is also a driving force behind inflation and the scarcity of goods. We had a hard time hiring. And then we brought in a vaccine mandate. 
and we're forcing all the OTRs out there listening to the show right now out of jobs if they didn't get a vaccination against a virus that they themselves, as essential workers, were fighting without a vaccine all damn day while we were home watching Tiger King in the infancy stages of the pandemic. Do you remember when the whole world was shut down? Do you know what wasn't shut down ever? The truckers were not shut down. They were out there as the offensive line of life making those deliveries, people out delivering medical supplies, people moving packages, you know, all the things that go on in this country. Okay, we're going on vaccine free. But Biden threw that vaccine mandate onto entire industries and crippled their ability to hire. Okay, that also complicates the supply chain. It complicates the laws of supply and demand. It's not covid. Do you understand? Okay, it's the reaction to covid. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. So when they try to defend him with COVID, do you realize what she said? Well, he got hit with COVID, and then he got hit with 19 and 21, and then his cousin, and you know there's that. Folks, none of that, none of that is factual, okay? He inherited COVID, and most people said they voted for him because Trump was so reckless with COVID. Well, guess what? Twice as many people have died from COVID under Biden as they have under Trump. Get him out of here. But here's more of the view saying, oh, I don't know. What do you want this guy to do? He can't do anything. I'll give you plenty of solutions. But here's theirs. uh, Clip 50. Cut the taxes that you raised six years ago so people can get a little bit more money back in their pocket. I think the answer is educating the American people, right? Mm. Because I think you're right. They go to the grocery store, they go to the gas pump, and they see the prices and they can't afford it. So there's that disconnect there. Why is it happening? People are only blaming the Biden administration. And and, and I think the education part is really important because of the global pandemic, because they had the lockdown. And then you have, of course, climate change. So this is, you know, again, don't let people BS you about what's going on here. I mean, come on, man. Like, really, really think about it. Don't let people BS you about what's going on here. Yo, that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly what you're doing. And again, okay, understand this, man. This is worth, this is worth pointing out, okay, for all the shilling and human shielding. They have the same problem he does. They're not figuring out how to solve inflation. They're figuring out how to change the public perception of whose fault inflation happens to be. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Think about that for a second. No, don't let people BS you. I think we need to educate people. You know, when they go to the gas pump, they're paying money. There's a disconnect. They don't get whose fault it is. Oh, they sure do get whose fault it is. And if you don't believe me, check the poll numbers. Okay, over 70 percent of his own party doesn't want him to run again. Do you understand? 70 percent of the Democratic Party is chanting, let's go, Brandon. That's what you're dealing with here. But apparently they didn't get the memo over at ABC, which is just a stampede of stupidity every time the view comes on in the morning. Since I watched the view 
The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We're talking about people forced off the job because of these Biden vaccine mandates and, you know, the impacts he had on the economy. Uh, Airbus driver, one of our Twitter followers who listens to the show, wants to make the point that the airline crew were out there at the beginning of COVID and then later forced to take the shot or possibly lose their jobs. Airbus driver tweets that I'm still pissed at Joe for this. Oh, ma- oh hell no. I'm still, I'm still mad. Oh, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I just gave you this whole speech on positivity. Now everybody's yelling at Biden. The guy doesn't even know where he is. He got out of the limo and fist bumped Mohammed bin Salman. Why is that significant? You understand, he just got to Saudi Arabia. Uh, he had declared to the world Saudi Arabia was a pariah and he was going to make them pay. Make them pay for the killing of Jamal Khashoggi for their human rights abuses. So he's here to make them pay. The minute he gets out of the limo, he sees MBS and fist bumps him. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I mean, really think about that. He's going to make him pay. He's going to make him pay for anything. Biden, if anything, is going to pay more for oil because they've already announced that's off the table. He's not even there asking him for oil now. So what is he there to do? Just fist bump the guy? And the point I made on Outnumbered earlier today is worth mentioning here. Okay, people might try to defend that fist bump. I don't know who they are. They might be idiots. But there were people yesterday defending the fact that he shook hands with an invisible person. Think about that. He's finished a speech yesterday, turned and shook hands with no one there. And people jumped in Twitter and were like, oh, he wasn't shaking hands. He was pointing. Hey, hey, if you're shaking hands with an invisible man or you're pointing at an invisible man, the issue is not the hand gesture. It's the invisible man. Bingo. Okay, but think of the rest of the world, okay? They know Biden's over there with 30% poll numbers, and they know the White House had announced there was a no handshake rule. We're not shaking hands. We're not touching anybody because of COVID. But the real reason they made the rule is they didn't want the bad optics of Biden shaking hands with MBS because he's loathed for his human rights abuses. But understand, he does something that a lot of people would argue is even worse because he fist bumps the guy, which in the Democratic Party is a huge, a specifically the Democratic Party, is a huge symbol of warmth and kinship. That's what Joe Biden did. He fist bumps MBS. You blockhead! Now, why is that considered warmth? If you remember this, if you remember this. See, I remember stuff. When Barack Obama got the nomination at the DNC to be the president, he beat Hillary Clinton. You remember that? This is not okay. Yeah, Trump wasn't the only one to leave her howling at the moon. But remember this. When he accepted the nomination and Michelle gave her little speech, what did they do on stage? They fist bumped. And the Democrats are like, oh, that's true love. That's what a fist bump means. Look at the intimacy. They're like best friends. Now they're like, lay off the fist bump. It's okay. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We got a big hour coming up on this show. I mean, they're all big. You 
factor in my weight. But in terms of actual broadcast excellence, isn't that what the late great Rush Limbaugh used to say? Talent on loan from God, which I, of course, do not have. Uh, but I do have a friend named Jesus who sells stolen flat screen TVs in the Bronx. And uh, we may have to tap into Jesus in this hour because it's time to get resourceful in this country. It is a mess. But we're going to clean it up at 888-788-9910. That is the phone number every day. The rule every day. Every damn day. It's be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a I say every damn day is a funny story. When Lincoln Fallow was a little kid. I mean kindergarten. He was in actual kindergarten. I just don't know where he fe- heard the mannerisms or what have you. But I had asked him, I go, who do you sit, who do you sit next to in, in kindergarten? And he said to me and Jenny, I could, he's like, I sit next to Alexandria every damn day. <laughs> it was really funny to hear that out of a kindergarten <laughs> And he didn't like, you know, I'd never heard him use the phrase before, so it wasn't like now when he's actually, I know he's making jokes. <laughs> Alexand- Who do you sit next to in kindergarten? Alexandria, every damn day. <laughs> Alexandria, I don't know you, but get it together, girlfriend. Girl, please stop talking right now. Pretty funny stuff. Right now, people want Kamala Harris to stop talking. He's taking some shots at Ron DeSantis. You've got all of these wacky Gavin Newsom ads being run in Florida. Gavin Newsom is running an ad. And this is what the Democrats are doing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Is they're calling Ron DeSantis anti-freedom. They're saying, hey, California, they've got more freedom than Ron DeSantis. (laughs) Ron DeSantis, whatever you think of the guy, is running a platform of maximum strength freedom. There is no vaccine mandate. There were no prolonged shutdowns. There were no Zoom learning classes at all this year for children. Freedom! He let the state wide open. And, oh, here's a footnote to that history. His state has some of the best COVID rates in the country. Actually, pound for pound, like top three, despite the fact that he has the oldest population in the country. Oh, And again, Gavin Newsom, who locked down the state, Gavin Newsom, they've locked in in blue states. They've locked down everything except the criminals. The criminals are out there lawless, but the kids stayed home for years. That screwed them up. The businesses got shut down for a year. That screwed them up. But oh, by the way, well, your school was shut down. Your church was shut down. Your business was shut down. What was Gavin Newsom doing going out to eat a $12,000 dinner at the French Laundry? Democrats are so full of crap. Really are. But Gavin Newsom wants to run for president. Why? Because everybody that leans to the left wants to run for president because they know there is no world, literally no world, where Joe Biden runs in 2024. I agree with that. Guys, Joe Biden is shaking hands with invisible people in 2022. Biden's lost his marbles. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the guy shaking hands with invisible people in 2022 is the president of the United States and say 2028? That can't be good. 2028, he would be the president of the United States still. 2028. If you're voting for Joe Biden again. You're a loony. I mean, yo, but the good news is you won't get a chance to vote for Joe Biden again because there is no world. There is no world where Joe Biden is running again in 2024. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. 
You're right. Now, Kamala Harris does have aspirations of being president. She ran for president once before. If you remember, she dropped out in 2020 before the primary voting even started, before the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary, the first two events happened, she had already dropped out. That is the political equivalent of throwing up in the tub on New Year's Eve an hour before the ball drops. (laughs) You don't even make it to midnight. You're the one puking and ruining the party in front of all your nieces and nephews. (laughs) That's Kamala Harris's presidential campaign, but she wants to run again. So you're going to hear some indirect attack here on DeSantis, but I'll explain what the real motivation is here in the Democratic Party before I play it for you. Right now, the Democrats, they physically, physically have no chance of winning in the midterms. None. The problem being the economy. People vote their pocketbook. Okay, when inflation's at a 40-year high, you can't afford gas. That's your pocketbook. It's all about the Benjamins, as P. Diddy once said. People are not voting for this level of financial struggle, a level we didn't have under the previous party. When you look at the polling, people consider the economy the number one issue in the uh, midterm elections, and they overwhelmingly favor the Republicans to handle the issue. So understand, the Democrats cannot win in the midterms. It's all about 2024 now. And 2024 is always the big ticket item. The presidential one is always the big ticket one because the presidents appoint the Supreme Court justices. And that ultimately determines which way the court goes. And to the Democrats who don't pass anything in terms of legislation that has overwhelming support, they are very reliant on the court to wind up upholding what they've passed through. And if you don't believe me, Google the history of Obamacare. Don't be thick, all right? No, go Google it. See how that got done. See how they got Obamacare codified by actually turning it into a tax. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Obamacare is on the books because of some of the greatest legal chicanery in the history of the world, and that's fine. But moving forward, that's how the Democrats see things. Understand, Roe versus Wade, the right to kill babies which is so holy and important to them, which I promise you will be this generation's slavery. In 100 years with the scientific evolutions we have, people will look back on abortion, specifically late-term abortion, is worse than slavery, okay? I cannot make a positive word for the institution of slavery, so don't try to pin this and conflate one with the other. But I would tell you that abortion will age worse because you were taking innocent babies. You weren't letting them live. You were just flat-out killing them, killing them weeks and months beyond the point where they could live live without a mom to be inside. Do you understand? That's really bad. In this heat of the moment when you think this is a women's rights issue or a people with the capacity to give birth rights issue, however the hell the Democrats are framing it this day, every day there's a, a new definition to find the word woman. They're crazy. Yeah, why don't you just say the word woman, the one we all know, accept and respect and know to be true, because that's the difference. There are only two genders. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Everything else is a conflict, and you can identify if you're conflicted as one or the other. You can identify as it. It doesn't mean you're that thing. I promise. I had in fifth grade an agent. I walked around and shook hands with people in Abbey Lane Elementary School as Jimmy Fallon, center fielder for the New York Yankees. And if anyone asked me questions, I would refer them to my agent, Marie Galena. Here's a newsflash. I never, ever, ever got an at-bat in Yankee Stadium just because I thought I was the center fielder for the New York Yankees, nor did Marie Galena get any royalty money. She might hit me up for some now, though. You know how those Levittown folks do. But it's like Dave Landau once said on the show, my two-year-old thinks he's Superman. I don't put him in a cape and throw him off the house to see if he can fly. (laughs) But that's exactly what we're doing.
It's so bad. But understand Roe versus Wade and the right to kill babies, which is the you know high holy thing for the Democrats to push right now. Uh, Roe versus Wade was only a thing because of the court. Roe versus Wade is no longer a thing because of the court. Bingo. You understand everything they live and die with and hold holy is dependent on the court. So they really need to win in 2024 to appoint the next sets of justices. And if they don't think they're going to win in 2024, I promise you, you're going to see a massive push to stack the court, to change the majorities on the court now. They're down six justices to three. To be fair, John Roberts votes liberal all the time, okay, because they're really just interpreting the law. And the overturning of Roe versus Wade was not a ruling on abortion for the millionth time. The judges didn't say abortion bad, abortion good. What the judges said is Roe versus Wade took away states' rights. They took away individual choice for voters on the issue of abortion. It is not the federal government's job to dictate what people do. It's the people's jobs to vote and the federal government's to make it happen. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So understand, with 2024 is hanging as precariously as it is based on Biden's numbers and the fact that he's not even running, you're starting to see a lot of angling. Okay, you got Gavin Newsom at the White House the other day. That was kind of hilarious. You got Gavin Newsom running ads in Florida that are just laughable. California is the most unlivable state in the history of this country right now. It's disgusting. I was just there. It's disgusting. Okay, Florida is thriving. More people are moving to Florida than anywhere else in the world. But people are trashing Ron DeSantis anyway. Why? Because the Democrats, here it is, are trying to elevate Ron DeSantis in this moment. They're trying to make him a clear-cut frontrunner because they're trying, are you ready? They're trying to force Donald Trump into the race. That's what's going on. I admire your honesty. They want Trump to launch now. Why? Because it pits Trump in a fight with DeSantis, which weakens the Republican. It's like primarying a president. No president has ever been primaried in his re-election year by his own party and gone on to win the presidency again. They want Trump and DeSantis to essentially commit the equivalence of a primary, where one weakens the other so the Democrats have a better shot at actually winning this thing come 2024. He knows what he's talking about. They're propping up DeSantis because they know the more love DeSantis gets, the angrier Trump's going to get. Gives us takes us one step closer to that fight. We're hearing reporting right now that Trump could be launching soon. I was just talking to Lara Trump, his daughter-in-law, on outnumbered and off the air. He might be launching soon, but whatever the hell it's going to be, okay, it's coming. And the Democrats need to stop it because their whole ideology depends on the court. They're not going to get all this climate change horse, you know what, this climate change horse <laughs> Sorry, but they're not going to get it through without somehow ramming this to the court like everything else they do. So they need the court, which means they really need 2024. So Kamala Harris is already talking in those terms. Uh, And again, bless her heart, because she also is a person who thinks she could be the next president. (laughs) No chance. But take it away, Cammie. So-called leaders who are in the process of criminalizing doctors and punishing women who want to make health decisions for themselves. So we know what we need to do. We need to continue to fight for a woman's right Mm. to make the most intimate, personal Mm. decisions for herself with her doctor, with her pastor, with her priest, 
with her loved ones, but yeah. not her government telling her what she's supposed to do. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And I would add a clown. <laughs> Straight-up clown. Listen, okay, the, the line the applause break drew at the end there from these idiots. These are idiots, by the way. Not the government telling you what to do. Yo, Roe versus Wade was overturned because the government was telling you what to do. That's the point. Now they're giving it back to the states where the voters will choose what to do. And by the way, I don't want to hear about my pastor, my priest. Yo, the pastor and the priest aren't coming to the abortion rally. And if they are, they shouldn't be a pastor or a preach or, you know, preacher or a pastor. Okay, none of the canons of Catholicism or whatever religion you practice or the Bible that you read says we should be out there with the priest egging on abortions. They don't say that. The Bible's pretty pro-life. Although i got to be honest, there are parts of the Old Testament that don't really seem pro-life if you think about all the carnage. But the bottom line is, okay, the priest ain't out there holding abortion rallies. And if they are, they're not a real priest. They're a fraud. Okay, but the lie, and this is why abortion isn't moving the needle for them in the polls, the lie that the federal government just told a woman she can't get an abortion isn't true. The federal government just told every woman in this country, women, because they're the only ones who can have babies, that states are going to have a say as to how much abortion access you have. And by the way, the physical act of going to a clinic to kill a baby is avoidable for just about every single type of abortion, okay, through medication, through pills, through mail order. But this is this thing. It's become a sacred thing to them to physically be able to birth and kill a child. I promise you, I promise you, I'm not talking to you as a political guy, okay? I'm talking to you as a human being. Imagine a world where you're aborting babies up until birth, okay, and thinking you're on the right side of this. I'm telling you. I'm a very positive dude. I'm a happy dude. I'm an upbeat dude every day of the week. But if you legitimately think this is okay, you, my friend, are a Looney Tune. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, man who always has time for you. Uh, Elizabeth Warren doesn't have any time for my homegirl Hillary Vaughn. You know Hillary Vaughn here at Fox News, always covering the Capitol and the White House. She's a legend. Well, seeing as the activist group in the, on the left is paying bounties for the geotagging locations of SCOTUS justices, Hillary Vaughn thought it was a pretty reasonable question to approach Elizabeth Warren and say, hey, do you condemn the idea that these left-wing activist groups are paying for location information so they can publicly harass federal judges? Something that, oh, by the way, is a crime. Intimidating a judge is a crime. Yes, you have a right to free speech, but telling a judge you know where they live, telling a judge you know where their kids go to school, showing up in a restaurant where a judge happens to be eating dinner. Okay, a judge is eating dinner. Now you're showing up with him and his family there. That's not right. Even Kevin Meany knows it's not right. Okay, but there's this Democratic group 
and they're out there paying bounties. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Oh, we're going to bring Meany back from the dead. Uh, Kevin Meany will live on forever in my heart, by the way. If you guys don't know Kevin Meany, he was actually my favorite comic. I love him so much. Uh, but Hillary Vaughn asks Elizabeth Warren, hey, do you condemn this? Is it going too far? Elizabeth Warren slams the door in her face. Clip 56. Senator, an activist group is offering to pay people if they send in the locations of justices. Uh, do you think that this has gone too far at this point? <laughs> That's the answer. The door slamming. Listen for it. Play it again, please, Justin. Senator, an activist group is offering to pay people if they send in the locations of justices. Uh, do you think that this has gone too far at this point? <laughs> it just slams the door. Elizabeth Warren. What a fraud. Because she's out there in one breath saying, oh, you know, we got to watch the rhetoric, uh, the political violence. We got to tamp down. These people are literally offering cash to target justices. Please give us money. And the woman, Elizabeth Warren, howling about rhetoric and getting the country under control and we got to behave better. What do you think of them paying money to bounty these justices slams the door? What a fraud. That moment couldn't have been more fraudulent if she was driving a Jeep Cherokee. I mean, what a dirtbag. But that's this thing in a nutshell. You got to understand, I don't get on the air and tell you everybody in the Republican Party knows what they're doing. I don't even tell you how to vote. I just I surround yourself with people who are smart enough to know we're lucky. That's what you're supposed to do in this life, first and foremost. We're really lucky to be in this country, living in the country we're living in. If you're around people who get that, who are sources of positive energy, you're winning. Go do that. Okay, but when it comes to politicians, understand some of them are very brazenly telling you all they care about is power. And the way they tell you that is through the hypocrisies, through the double standards. Again, everybody howling about January 6th didn't say a word when they did $2 billion worth of riot damage in the summer of 2020. Everybody yelling about storming the Capitol didn't say a word when they stormed the White House and 50 Secret Service agents got injured. Every single one of them did not say a word when the violence was caused by the left. Democrats are so full of crap. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Joe Biden isn't a medical doctor, but even she knows that breakfast is your strength. So don't skip the most important meal of the day. Get down to Joe Biden's breakfast cart for a dish that's truly one of a kind. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx. Joe Biden's breakfast cart serves up heaping portions of political pandering that are so good they get lost in translation. She we may use fake words like Latinx, but all of our dishes are 100% real, and every one of them is... As unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Other restaurants charge big money, but Jill Biden's breakfast cart will only cost you your dignity. And best of all, her husband Joe keeps it open 24 hours a day, just like our southern border. Me casa, new casa. So don't overpay for breakfast ever again. Get down to Jill Biden's breakfast cart for a shameless spread that's as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami. <laughs> Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Yep, Jill Biden calling Latino voters breakfast tacos. That was embarrassing. We are living in the death of shame because you understand we had Myra Flores on this week. If you missed it, 
Uh, go to foxacrossamerica.com, grab the link. Uh, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. But Myra Flores is, of course, the subject of a lot of media attention right now because she's the first Mexican-born woman elected to the United States Congress. That's a really big moment, especially, you would think, right, for the identity politics left that is all about firsts? Wrong. No, not at all. Not a word for her. In fact, we covered a CNN article this week that said, oh, no, these conservative women getting elected to Congress, these conservative Latinos, they're not really like true Latinos. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. There's a really fun thing going on, okay, if you want to have some fun right now. Okay, I'll have some fun with you, bud. Okay, the world's a mess. The world's on fire. Okay, but the things you can enjoy is there's a desperation amongst people you can't stand. Nobody likes a phony. Nobody likes a phony. Okay, Democrats are phonies when it comes to minority outreach. Okay, the Democrats who tell you, you know, we care about the black community, so we've got to defund the police. That's Use your common sense. You know what that did to the black community? It spiked their murder rate by 35%. Because the black communities, if you're living in a low-income community, it has nothing to do with your race. Okay, it has to do with economics. There is a direct correlation between high rates of violent crime and low rates of economic opportunity. Meaning if people don't have a way to make money, okay, legally... They wind up resorting to violent crime, robberies, rapes, carjacking, stuff like that. And ultimately, that's where you see these crime spikes in minority communities. It has nothing to do with their race. It has everything to do with their living conditions. But the Democrats aren't talking about improving the quality of their living conditions. They're saying, let's show some empathy for the criminals here. Forget the black people who are following the law. Let's just go easy on the black people breaking it. How about not look at them as black people? How about look at them as good people and bad people? Just like in the white race or the Asian race, Latino race, good people, bad people. That's all the world is. But the Democrats have always held a monopoly on the minority vote. And they've been phonies when it comes to procuring that vote. Whether it's showing up with some identifiable reference like your breakfast tacos or saying you carry hot sauce in your purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. I mean, don't ever forget Hillary talking in a what she perceived to be a black accent to win over black voters. I don't feel no ways tired. Wait, what? <laughs> what? What just happened? Or Joe Biden on the Charlemagne show. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Every time Democrats, high-level Democrats, interact with a minority community, they show you that they've never interacted with the minority community. They purport to care. But like I said, they don't actually go anywhere near people in the minority community. Okay, do you think Barack Obama built one of his eight mansions in Chicago? <laughs> Wait, what? He's got a house in the ritziest part of D.C. He's got a house in the ritziest part of Martha's Vineyard, although it's all ritzy. Now he's building another uh, waterfront property out west. At a time when we're supposed to believe the sea levels are rising, this guy is out there and he's building another house on the beach. What a fraud. Okay, every time, okay, there's, there's some fraud. Okay, but understand, it's really funny to watch this phoniness finally lose its effectiveness. Okay, they're losing their effectiveness. Understand the Democrats are polling at 26% with Latino voters. 26%. Okay, the Democrats can't win an election 
without minority support. They're down 20 points with black Americans. Why? Because Latino Americans, black Americans, okay, Asian Americans, whatever you want, Irish Americans, Italian Americans, Polish Americans, whatever you want to tell me, okay, they really, in the year 2022, they just want to be treated like people. They don't want to be identified and prioritized based or, or not prioritized based on their race. What did Martin Luther King tell us so many years ago, man? We want to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Are the Democrats doing that? The answer would be no. Critical race theory is telling children the only thing that matters in life is the color of their skin. That society is biased against them because of the color of their skin. That when you show up to a kindergarten class, you're not really playing pin the tail on the donkey. You're playing pin the tail on the white supremacist. You know? You're not playing, you know, Red Rover. No, no, no. It's like Clan Rover because those little white kids hate you on sight because of the color of your skin. I mean, dude. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But they're doing that. Why? Because they were trying to monopolize the minority vote by saying, I'm your protector. You vote for me because I'm your protector. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally true. And if you want to have some fun, you can at the very least, while you're overpaying for gas and groceries and baby formula, if you can find it, you can at least take solace in the fact that knowing the phonies are losing their grip and they're having a really hard time dealing with it right now. A really hard time. And it's funny to watch it happen, and they're going to get clobbered, and you can take some solace that in all the problems facing you in this American life right now, the dirtbags are really taking it in the face right now. I don't even know if I could say that on the air, but I don't even care because what they do is so despicable. When you go out there and weaponize race with no basis in fact, you're making us all less safe. Okay, because people's emotions are their facts. If you tell them everyone's racist, they're out to get you. The cops are racist, they're out to get you. It makes people hate cops. Did you see that viral video this week with the toddlers cursing and punching the cops? The cops that showed up to a situation, a couple of two, three, two, three-year-old kids, black children, that had been taught by some horrific parent. I don't care who they were or what race the parent was. If your kids are punching cops at the age of two and calling them racial names, you're not doing a good job, man. You're not doing a good job. Parents have a responsibility. Okay, it's a responsibility that everybody holds when it comes to being a part of society. You need to be one of the people that's a productive, good, positive member of society that's furthering respect and decency and consideration for other human beings. The problem with the smartphone is it's so carefully calibrated to make everybody feel like the center of the universe that people are just devoid of empathy. Empathy is inconvenient. What do you mean? I'm waiting to get this song to play immediately on my phone a second after I thought of it. I don't have time to talk to you. Get out of my face. I want a new pair of pants. I'm hitting a button on the phone. They're going to be here. I just ordered food. If it's not here in 30 minutes, I'm going to write a nasty review on my phone. Everybody is me, 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 okay? And the Democrats are catering to that me by making politics a branding exercise. Hey, let's frame these conversations in terms of racist and transphobic because clearly when people are branding me, they want to be on the side that's not racist or transphobic. But again, is the group that's standing in the way of school choice and forcing black parents to send their kids to failing schools, are they really helping out? Are they helping out the black community by doing that? The answer would be no. Of course not. Okay, really think about that. You're stuck in an inner city school with failing everything. 
failing teachers, failing grades, failing everything. School choice would allow you to take your tax dollars and go to another school in a better district. And, of course, that means the tax dollars would be allocated. Those better schools would get more teachers. They'd get more students. They'd get more recess. Yeah, they'd get more you know, uh, resources. You would incentivize better performance from the schools, which does what? It helps the kids. But the Democrats are in the way of that because the teachers' unions don't want school choice. And the teachers' unions are the biggest lobbying arm of the Democratic Party. They're the most powerful ones out there. Do you remember when we got that draft memo from Merrick Garland and we found out that the National Teachers Association drafted the memo that was declaring parents at school board meetings domestic terrorists? Okay, so if you show up to a school board meeting and say, I don't want you calling my kindergartner a racist, I don't want you teaching him to chop off his nuts— you're a domestic terrorist, even without violence, without punching, without kick, no nothing. I just don't, you know, I don't agree with this. That makes you a domestic terrorist. But if you're showing up outside a restaurant and you were paid the location of a Supreme Court justice so you could chase them, harass them, and yell at them, no, no, it's just democracy in action. Do you understand how full of it these people are? And they're full of it. Why? Because they want power. They want to be in charge, man. They want to be in charge. And the good news on a Friday is they ain't going to be in charge, man. They're not going to be in charge. They're going to lose everything. Like, you could feel good about that. Uh, you know, if you, you really do prioritize that sort of thing, they're dead in the midterms. Like, they actually are if you get out and vote. And I think it'll be funny to watch it happen. I'm just not telling you that once you get rid of them, things are immediately going to get better because the Republicans you're voting for are still politicians, okay? That's just reality. They're all in the me business. Okay, I'm a guy who gets on the air in the we business. I'm in the we business. Okay, I want you know, we need to have a good time today. You know, we need to have a good constructive talk show. We don't need to be political activists. I say it all the time. We don't need to behave like a bunch of a, you know, that whole thing. That's why. What is the one rule on the show every day? Every day. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. But all of the people bad-mouthing it are really getting a political comeuppance right now, and it is glorious. Like, I'm so thrilled to be a part of this American moment to see that screw turn a little bit because trashing America was really viable in the summer of 2020. Every league, every pro sports league did it. Every pro sports league, every corporation, every everything. We're systemically racist. How the hell did we elect a black president twice with overwhelming support from the white community if we're all so racist. And what happened? Were we taking some kind of prescription drug that cured our racism and then we forgot to refill the prescription at CVS or Walgreens and now we all became racist again? What are you talking about? Every single person listening to this show knows that we're all just people and we all want the same damn things. And we know that every individual race has smart people and stupid people and happy people and sad people and mad people and violent people and angry people and everything in between. Every single race, because we're just people. The civil rights movement, that was the crowning achievement for a society founded at a time of institutional slavery. Obviously, ending slavery was the most important step to be taken out of the gate, had to go away. If we're going to live in a country where all men are created equal, can't have slavery. But understand, after slavery went away, okay, we didn't have equality. Because we still had racist laws on the books, and we still had 17 run Democrat states that were implementing Jim Crow laws that were denying people the right to vote and participate equally in our democracy through poll taxes and literacy tests and grandfather clauses and, in a lot of instances, violence. Okay, the white people who fought alongside the very important black people and Asian people and Latino people, Muslim people, and everybody in between for civil rights, 
got our society integrated. Ending slavery, we were still living in a very segregated society. But when we integrated society, what did we do? We tamped out the ignorance that is the driving force behind racism. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. People hate things they don't understand. They fear things they don't know anything about. So by default, they revert to hating it. They revert to minimizing it. And it allows them to feel better about themselves. Okay, but it's spreading hate. It's disgusting. It's bad. But when we integrated society to the extent that we have, and you can't tell me we haven't, because there is nowhere in the world where they're not prioritizing diversity, 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 but more importantly, they don't need to be because we were already doing it. Okay, in all of our sports leagues that we share and watch together and all of our entertainment movies and music and everything in between, we are a fully cross-pollinated society. In fact, we're so cross-pollinated that they now call you a racist if you want to wear a costume from a TV character from another race. That's how far it went. We started making up new levels of racism. We're almost resegregating society. And the race pimps who are doing that in the name of power and setting back the country in the process are finally losing their grip on everything. Okay, because the problem with six dollar gas or five dollar gas, 41 year high in inflation is calling the other guy a racist isn't going to fill up the gas tank anymore. Calling the other guy the Klan, calling him a transphobe, calling him a homophobe. Don't get me wrong. Stupid people will go out and vote for that. We live in an era where people's emotions are the facts. You get them emotional, they'll do it. But people that are smart enough and reasonable enough to consider the facts, to consider the truth, don't see it that way. No person in good conscience could listen to this and tell me the cops are racist. Where's the data? You don't have any stats. Cops shoot more unarmed white people than black people by far, even on a percentage basis. So you can't hit me with population. Okay, but the truth is the cops, more importantly than that, in a lot of major municipalities, are minority-majority police forces, meaning they have more minorities on the force than they do actual white people. Okay, but no one actually knows that. No one even works that into the equation. They portray the cops as some good old boy killing cabal, and I don't doubt that a lot of cops were a part of that down in the Deep South where the Democrats were still holding on to slavery through Jim Crow. Okay, they weren't enslaving anymore, but they were making life impossible to inhabit in those states through the Jim Crow measures that got the job done. But as society progressed, the Democrats did not progress with it because they saw racism as a cudgel that could get their way to power. And they continued to hold back communities. Think about one of their biggest pushes of the past year. Voter ID is racist. Black people aren't capable of getting a license, so you can't have voter ID because that's voter suppression. Do you know how offensive that is to the black community? But remember this. The Democrats don't care about the black community. They care about the Democratic community. Like, if you're black and you vote conservative, go take a hike, dude. But if you're black and you want to vote Democrat, then, yeah, they want you to vote for them, um, assuming you buy all of their crap about everyone being racist. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person. Even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled 
Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. If you're going to miss me too much to make it to Monday, you can watch me on with Neil Cavuto in the 4 o'clock hour here on the Fox News Channel. And I will be on Tucker Carlson tonight. Tonight. Me and Dagan McDowell doing the damn thing in the final exam. Get out to the Stress Factory this weekend. Tickets at newbrunswick.stressfactory.com. Either way, the show is over. This one, get out. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.